Welcome to Unashamed Unafraid, a show unashamed about sexual addiction recovery and unafraid of coming into Christ for healing. Where we talk about real recovery stories, answer anonymous questions with experts, and share resources that actually work. I'm your host, Steve. And I'm your co-host, James. And we are Unashamed Unafraid. Nothing tastes better than a good anonymous Q&A. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's going to be delicious today. <laughs> it could just be that I'm hungry. <laughs> but um, that's not true. Jason brought me some food. Thanks, Jason. Jason always takes care of all of us in, in many ways, including making this sound so good. So uh, we're here with uh, the Unashamed crew, and we have Christy joining us, uh, James's better half not meaning that James is a bad half. How are you, Christy? Good, thanks. Happy to be here as always. Happy to have you back. James, always a pleasure. Steve, great to be here. The Hulk of Hope, Mr. Chris Bennett. I am here. <laughs> Indeed you are. Um, how many miles are you going to hike this week, Chris? A lot, because I've got... I've already done three peaks... And we're, it's now Tuesday, so I've already done three peaks, and I've got a big one coming up. So I'll be 25 miles or something hiking. Chris, I thought we talked about not being in denial and that the hills at the park don't count as peaks. Yeah, hills, hills at the park don't count. Totally joking, because Chris is in <laughs> way better shape than I am. Uh, so we say this every time, James. But like, this is incredible that people submit questions. Yeah, uh, it's just the courage and so grateful that they take the time to to reach out to us. We have people that will reach out and even just express gratitude for, for what we're trying to do here. But love it when you come to us with the, with your thoughtful questions. And, you know, it, because we know that, you know, if you have this question, so many other people will also. For sure. For sure. I love the vulner vulnerability that people create when they send in these questions because they get vulnerable. They're opening their hearts to, to us because they want answers. They're trying to figure some things out for themselves, for um, their spouse, for their kids, whatever. Yeah. So for this episode, we have two questions. Well, we have a question and um, then we have one anonymous submitter who, um, so we, we know it's a she by context. So I'll say she. So she um, submit, submitted kind of some of her story, her heart, what's going on. Um, and then had some questions. So um, a little bit of a variety. Before we've, in, in previous episodes, we've kind of had stuff in theme where it's like, hey, this episode is really about these questions line up about connecting with God, you know, or these questions line up about what do I do as a spouse when, you know, my addict husband isn't engaging or isn't going to engage or we've divorced and I don't have closure. So we've kind of had stuff in theme. This isn't quite that way. There's a couple different things. Um, and so I don't know that we have any theme to, to necessarily put on it, but we're, we're just going to jump in. So Chris, Chris yep. lost when we played uh, rock, paper, scissors on the front end of this. So first question, here we go. Sweet. All right. I love God and I sing and pray to him daily. I have an addiction to porn. I try and try, but I always end up back on porn. Not sure what I'm asking, but I need answers and help. So I replied back to him, just a, just a quick response, uh, gave him some explanation on there. And I just said, I'm going to reword your question for you. And it says, I pray and sing to God daily. Why is it that I continue to turn to porn? Can you help me? 
So with that, I think we'll just jump right into the question or the answers. Anybody want to go first? So I think this is a bigger question, right? Yeah. Uh, there's there's some depth to this one. Yeah. Oh, some some super bit, and he may not even know when he's submitting this question how honest in heart he was being. It's clear. And mm-hmm. so first off, I just want to say I love you. Like, keep sending us some emails. Let's hang out. Like, just so honest in heart because clearly, right, the singing in that like he loves God, and he wants to connect with God. He wants to worship God. And so, first off, mad props on that, um, and just an honest and heart question. But I think you said it, James. There's a lot of depth to this question, so I'm going to give it to you first. Well, you know, um, in a lot of what I've read um, and and studied, and, and just in my own experience, I feel like um, really the the reason that we end up turning to our addiction is because we are looking to fill that space with God. Um, where, you know, I think, um, I think John Eldred said it this way that, you know, when, when we turn to that, we're, we're not looking for whatever we're, we, we're, we're going to find in porn or anything else. That's not really what we're looking for. We're not looking for that. We're looking for God. We're looking for connection. Yeah. We're looking for that emptiness in us to be filled by God. And this emptiness is created at certain times in our lives through things we may not recognize. Um, and when there's that void there, God can fill that void for us. And, and often, you know, those of us that fall into patterns of, you know, sexual addiction or, you know, unwanted sexual behavior, we learned to go there because at least temporarily, um, stopped the pain or numbed the pain or, um, brought us some semblance of comfort. Um, but ultimately God is the one that can bring that to us and how and, and where that void got there and, and why we turned to porn to try to do that. You know, that's, that's where the depth comes in that you're Mm -hmm. talking about, Steve. Well, and, and here's my, well, Christy, do you want your two cents first? No, go. Go ahead. I What I was going to... So, Chris, I feel like when a lot of people are struggling with addiction, they get into the all or nothing. Well, if I didn't have sexual addiction in my life, then my life would be perfect. Then my life would be... Right? Like, so if I wasn't struggling with this anymore, if I had this addiction out of my life, then I will be at this point of, like, arrival. And I guess I kind of pose this to you, Chris, because you like are right decade 11. I always say a decade because I forget what it is. Right. Sober, like having sexual addiction out of your life. Did you arrive? Like, have you arrived? Is life just perfect now? Like, I I wish I wish it was perfect. (laughs) But. You know, we we all have a connection, or we all have that connection with God, right? Through we all go to church, or you know, we'll have we'll pray every once in a while, whatever. We'll have that connection. When with you God, go on but, your hikes, you've talked a lot about that on here, right? Yeah, getting in nature is big for you. But but that doesn't mean that the adversary just stops coming at us because we we have this good connection with God, and we have this amazing experience, or we have the spiritual experience, and then all of a sudden those temptations are totally going to go away, and they're going to go away go away forever. 
I still get temptations. You know, it still comes at me and I just do things differently now when those temptations come. And so I, I think, but even talk that, about like the rest of your life, that, like, well, okay, you've kind of got that one licked. Right? So I was just going to say, you know, you were talking about, you know, we get this licked and, and fixed and is, is life perfect? I think most of us would say no, but Chris, you figured out totally how to, no. you figured out how to fill the void though. Right, the void that you were turning to with, with the sexual addiction, you're right. going to fill that void with other things, and it's working for you. Yes. So maybe just take a few a, a minute or two on that, and then and then go on to what Steve's talking about. Talking about the stuff that I use to. Yeah. How have you learned to fill that void to where you're no longer needing to? As this, as our asker has said, I seem to end up continuing to go back to porn though. Um, how did you kind of turn that corner and fill that void for you? So one of the things was from the Lifestar uh, group that I was going to, they do a relapse prevention sheet. And that was, that was so important to the, the beginning of my recovery because I didn't know how to deal with any of the feelings that I had. When temptations were coming up, I didn't know why the temptations were coming at me. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what I was trying to avoid. And so by getting that relapse prevention sheet, it allowed me to be able to sit down and say, you know, I had a slip and then I could go to that relapse relapse prevention sheet and I filled it out going, okay, what, what were the feelings that I had before? What were the feelings that I had during, after? What was the, the all the details and really kind of pointing out the feelings that I had and the emotions that I was going through so that that way, when I have those temptations come up again, then I could actually like pull that sheet out and be like, okay, what's going on with me? What am I looking for? Cause then I started recognizing that when I do have those temptations, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for a connection. I'm looking for a closeness. I'm looking for something. Why am I trying to fill it with pornography? Mm-hmm. What else am I going to do? So I will, instead of reaching out to the, through pornography, okay, I'm going to, or reaching out to pornography, I'm going to reach out to other men. I'm going to feel this connection um, through other men that have gone through this and they know and understand the feelings that I've, I felt before. Um, I'm going to reach out to uh, God, but sometimes even just reaching out to God, like I've said uh, yeah. a few times before, is yeah. just reaching out to God isn't enough sometimes. And so... Um, I sometimes even reaching out to my wife and I'm like, you know what, maybe I'm just feeling disconnected from my wife for some reason. And so that kind of forced me to be like, Hey, I want to connect with my wife. And it's not like connecting sexually. It was just connecting with her on an emotional level. And so just even reaching out to her as far as like, Hey, how are you doing, babe? You know what? How's your day going? You know, just talking with her. Uh, And so just different things. I'm doing something different than my addiction. Yeah. And that's why, and then it just continues to keep going. And what's cool about that is, is the feeling that I get, um, when I overcome that temptation is amazing because I'm like, Hey, I overcame that. That's pretty awesome. And then I I feel, Oh, I connected. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to my point then this, this question seems like really up there. It's like, Hey, I'm praying to God and I want, and, but I keep going over here. It's like, to, to pointing out to the depths of this question, there's a lot more behind that. Well, that's what I was, that's what I've been thinking this whole time. Yeah. Addiction is like a thousand piece puzzle to me. That's what it seemed like to me when we were going through recovery. And that's what it seemed like when I watched you fit each of those individual pieces together. 
the piece of connection that was big for you early on, the piece of um, learning to live without shame, the piece of sex- healthy sexual knowledge and what that looks like. That was another big piece. All of these different pieces, and they all they they all have to come together not at the same time, at different times, but it takes a lot of searching out different, um, you know, whether that's through reading or therapy, you need some knowledge so that you can draw those puzzle pieces. Okay, let's try this puzzle piece. I've never heard of that before. Let's put that into this puzzle, see if it fits. Um, you know, I have a serious tendency towards sugar, and I read and read and read. And for various reasons, I'm trying to get off of sugar. And now if sugar was displeasing to God, I would be in such, such serious trouble. But I go back to it time and time again. Because it's I, delicious. Because it is delicious. I keep, I keep trying, though. I keep reading. I keep doing the things. I keep putting those puzzle pieces together, learning what it does to my body. That's a huge puzzle piece. Um, finding ways that it benefits my body, feeling my body um, getting better and, and in less pain because of certain things, finding the, the benefits of it. That's another puzzle piece. So there's my two cents. Well, and I think you're, you're kind of connecting back to what James said of like the, so anonymous question answer, we probably just have a question for you. And that is, what are you looking for? Right. Because you're finding God in part of your life, mm-hmm. and that's what's confusing you. But what else are you looking for? What other connection are you looking for? And it might be more God. It might be God differently. It might be a brotherhood that's missing. It might missing. be a brotherhood that's missing. It might be a connection, right? A real connection with a spouse or children. It could be a bunch of different things. And because I think that it's that piece of knowledge, right? And you use like the puzzle, right? James put together his puzzle. You're working on a puzzle right now, yeah. right? We're all always working. P.S. If you don't have anything to work on, it'd be interesting to look in the mirror. But um, so we're all trying to do that. And and what Chris said rings so true to me because I, I don't know every client that I've had come in to my office, that lack of knowledge is expressed one way or another. I don't know why I'm acting out. I don't know what happened. I don't know why I'm doing this. So this question is like universal. Universal. I mean, it's so key to to everything. To, to everything. Yep. Right. And, and whether that's sexual addiction or whether it's eating sugar or not working out or just doing the things that we want to do on a daily basis, it's yeah, it's a universal problem. So to our anonymous question asker, um, if you find out what you are looking for, let us know. Send us an email. I'd be curious to know what what your response is to our question and to anyone else, anyone else who's listening. If this rings home true to you and you said, hey, this is what I'm truly looking for, I'd be curious to know. So send us an email, reach out to us uh, on social. We'd like to know. So um, excellent question. Anything else on that? Anyone else have anything else on that? Maybe get some one-on-one help for real mm-hmm. if that hasn't been tried. Yep. Yep. To help do that introspective work right start figure out what that is so to you know our anonymous question asker um we love you there are answers um love that you're finding joy and song and praise with god and and building that relationship there on that one um we are strongly believe that you really can't find recovery without god and so you're on the right path totally and so 
you know, to, you know, to what Steve was saying, what are you looking for? Look, let's find out what that really is for you. What do you really need? And what are you missing? What are you missing? And how can we help? Please write us back. But we love you, brother. And so grateful that you have um, written in and, and thought to ask us the question. So thank you. And we're, we're happy to help. And the only thing I'd add to that is God is, God will help you. Absolutely. When you, when you show what you need, when men need brotherhood, all of a sudden men start falling out of trees. When men need God, they find places they can find him, right? When men need resources, they, they find a way to him. So he wants you, he wants your heart. He's going to find you. So for our second question, this is like a total gear shift. Um, so other kind of end of the spectrum. So this is coming contextually from, from a woman. Um, so we appreciate you. And she shares kind of some of her story. Um, and uh, this is always fun because what you guys don't know is when these questions come up, everyone's sitting here, they all look at me like, do I have to read it? Is this person reading it? So, cause Christy's laughing about that now. Christy, you want to read it for us? Okay. I am a mom of a 22-year-old incredible son who has admitted to pornography use. Started looking consistently in ninth grade, went on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and had had great experiences quickly back into porn after the mission. He told me this after his mission. I have listened to several episodes of the podcast and have been riveted. Well, that's nice. Thank you. I've been learning all I can so I can understand a little of what he is going through and so I can be in a place to help when he is ready. Fantastic mother. Yeah, awesome mom. Yeah. We have had multiple conversations about porn, mostly initiated by me, about two initiated by him. I've learned so much from your podcast about guilt, shame, emotional numbness, isolation, and recovery. I love how the podcast is brutally authentic, inspirational, atonement-centered, and incredibly hopeful. I am hopeful that he can recover from this slash big begin recovery before things escalate further. He totally can, by the way. Mm-hmm. He has only disclosed looking and acting out pretty mildly with a girl. I know this may only be the tip of the iceberg. I also know healing is his choice and his timing. And then we get to several questions. Do you have any episodes that share someone's story who isn't married? Does it take being married and hurting someone to be ready to start healing and recovering? Does the porn addiction mean someone is also a sex addict? Does porn use always lead to acting out with people? What advice would you give me? What resources would be a good place for him to start if he agrees? I would love to talk to someone about this. What resources would you recommend for me? So first off, I just want to bottle this mom up. And sprinkle her on every kid who's moms. ever come home from a mission. All yeah. the moms. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. For real. Do you remember there's that super old movie where the, the kids got to go to the mommy market and buy their mom? They were all like, our mom's lame. We want a cool mom. This is like an old Disney movie. 
Christy, it's real. Don't look at me like that. No, this is a real movie. Okay. I, I'm going to find the title. We're going to edit it back in, and I'm going to make all you freakers watch it. No, no. Like, so we're they're all like, confused of what so, it is. So it's like three kids, and the mom's like, you know, regular mom. They're like, oh, we wish our mom was cool. And so it's like magic happens, right? And there's this mommy market, and they get to pick which mom they have. So there's like a circus mom and a, and a magician mom, all these fun quotation marks mom. So they so they pick, end up through the show, they pick three different moms. And they're like, the circus mom's so fun, but no, she's crazy. And then they're like, and of course, what's the moral of the story? At the end, they just want their own mom back. Right. So I wish that that was real, and we could bottle this mom up and put her in the mommy market for everyone to have. <laughs> So uh, awesome, not just that she loves her son, but that she's willing to look at herself and be like, how can I do this differently yeah. to help him? And I love how proactive she's being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and at the same time, there's... And not shaming. Yep, there's appropriate boundaries, though. Sure, she's like, yep, help him when he's ready. Yep. And recognize that this is going to be on him and not me to fix, right? right? There's so many healthy things that this mother is expressing yeah. in this email. She seems very wise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, first question Do you have any episodes that share someone's story who isn't married? We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're okay. So, we, um, we work hard to be unashamed, but we're still ashamed about some things, <laughs> to be honest. So, two things that we're ashamed about one is we do not to date have any episodes with any single men who have. So that's an invitation. Recovery. That is a big invitation. So if you are a single man working, just working recovery, right? I'm not saying you have to be two years sober. We record people who are actively working recovery. So if you are working recovery and you are single, uh, to use the LDS terms, single and ready to mingle, come share your story with us. We would love it. And, um, and you don't have to be in Utah if you're out of state. Hey, we can do well, a Zoom the call. We, we can record, we can record it. Out of state. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Be just fine. Yep. No, we would love to have you. So what I will say to the world is we have been close on a couple. Okay. That's where we are. Okay. So I'm cool. sorry. And, Question. And, and also we have to say, people always say, do you have anyone who's been divorced? Come on. So we get this question a lot from women and we don't record women's stories, right? We focus from the where we can talk, but um, Rise Up Restored, this podcast talked about before, they're recording women's stories. So they have some different ones on there. And we do have a couple lined up. They both have been divorced and are remarried to each other. So you can get remarried. It does happen. So um, we have that couple coming on, both been divorced, remarried, and... Uh, Okay, this I'm trying to think because this episode won't come out right now and we're recording it. So in June, June, July of 2020, uh, Tim and Callie's came out. He was previously divorced and remarried. So yes, people get remarried and it does go well. So episode 34. Oh, and you know, we would also love to have, um, a female addict come on to the show and share her story with us. We get this question all the time. Uh, yep. Um, we've had quite a few people ask us if we know of any females that have been addicted to porn or sex and um, what their recovery story looked like. So More than you would think, by the way. We absolutely would love to have you come on the show, so please reach out to us. Um, you can reach out to any one of us on the website or 
If you want to email me, it's james at unashamedunafraid.com. Chris at, Stephen at, James at, Jason at, CT at, Sway at, Rachel at, Corey at. Just reach out to anyone. So this leads into the second question, which is, does it take being married and hurting someone to be ready to start healing and recovering? No. Absolutely not. Nope. Can, can I broaden this too? I want to broaden this to a bigger topic about addiction recovery that bothers me. Do I have to hit rock bottom in order to recover? Nope. No, your rock bottom is when you throw the shovel away. Bingo. Both Jason. Wise and I like words from point. Todd Olson. <laughs> Wise words from Todd Olson. <laughs> yeah. So they, they will ring true to me every, everywhere. For some men, that is the moment. Rock bottom happens to be when they do put the shovel down, like when their life is that it's the consequences are the biggest. But really, whether single or married is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I would say it is when you finally decide this isn't worth living like this anymore. Yeah. So for Chris, it was watching the freaking Joseph Smith praise to the man movie on Temple Square. It wasn't when Autumn attempted suicide. It wasn't when you went through church discipline. Right. So that was it. You didn't have it happen in a rock bottom moment. Quotation marks. And I, I for James, I you really kind of really didn't either. So question number three: Does the porn addiction mean someone is also a sex addict? I like, would say no. Yeah. Th- so I think there's a, a porn addiction. And I think there's a sex addiction because yeah. there, there's um, there is two different aspects of it. Um, sex addiction is obviously you're you're addicted to sex or sexual stimulation and which would include porn. Yep. Um, masturbation, women, men, whatever the case may be. Uh, that that's a related to sex. Where porn, if you're a lot of men and women out there are just only addicted to pornography. And masturbation. And I don't think that that's necessarily a sex addict, mm-hmm. but more so a, a so porn addict. So what I would, I would, we all have our own personal opinions. So clearly, and I'm ashamed and afraid, we're fine with the word addict. Our definition would be addiction means you have a pattern and it's outside of, hey, if you would just try harder. It's outside of just a habit of, well, if you would just try harder, this would go away. So like, that's how we would define addiction, that you have a pattern that's constantly working against your value system. And even though you, you don't want to do it because it's against your value system, it keeps happening. And that could be daily, that could be annually, that could be once a month, every two weeks, whatever. So just I just want to like unpack that word addiction a little bit and be like, whoa. So like people don't identify as an addict, that like the world doesn't end. Mm-hmm. Some people feel like that shaming because it's like once an addict, always an addict, not something we believe here. And we use the word addiction. So like that word gets thrown down around a little bit different. Um, and so also I think with sex addicts and porn addicts, so particularly in a lot of church cultures, Porn addict means I don't act out with other women. I only use porn, like right. you said, Chris, right? Where sex addiction means I do act out with other people. So that's one way to define it. The other way to define it is to say sexual addiction is about sexual behavior, and it's a spectrum. So I would use that term as a spectrum term. So I could say someone who's having a bunch of extramarital affairs like Chris or myself story, I would say that's a sex addict. Someone like Jason, who's only looking at porn, I'd say also a sex addict. Where we were on the scale and the spectrum, that's all kind of different, but we both, it was sexually compulsive behavior and we were using it addictively. Mm -hmm. But I guess, 
and James, you, you'll clear this all up for us. But I would say is like, depends on who you're talking to and when. There are some people who use these differently. Some people are saying, I know people addicted to porn that would be like, I am not a sex addict and I don't have an addiction. Yeah. I have a porn compulsive behavior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my honest opinion is like, who cares what you call it? Yeah. It's it a pattern matter. in your life and yep. you're doing something against your value system that's involving sexual behavior. However you want to label that, even if I'm being the, honest, I don't care. Yeah. Even though you want to stop. Even though you want yeah. to stop. Yeah. Yep. Yep. A pattern have, that you want to stop in your life. So, you know, and you'll, you'll hear me use interchangeably on this show over, you know, over and over again, over the episodes, I'll call it unwanted sexual behavior or sex addiction, right? Because, or we'll say pornography addiction, because that's how people identify. Yeah. Because it, and I'll try to use all those terms interchangeably, knowing Mm -hmm. that all of those things can, can be true or there's extremes in each one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I have a, a buddy of mine that labeled addiction or explained addiction in a, a great way. His name's Ben Irwin. And he said, nice addiction, job, addiction is a spiritual state where agency is lost, uh, lost or stolen. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they use that. That's a quote um, from Nelson in the Jason knows better than me in step one, right? It talks about that, that will, that when we give into addiction or it suspends our free agency, our will is actually suspended. So if you want, uh, you know, from that angle. Um, but again, what I, what I would answer to her, we're talking kind of the world. What I would answer to her is it doesn't matter what you call it. Your son's got a, got something going on mm-hmm. and he needs healing to our first question. Right. What's he missing? And this kind of folds right into her next question, right? Does porn use always lead to acting out with people? Nope. No. James and I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I used porn, but I never acted out with with other people. For years and years and years. No, Meaning ever. you looked at porn for years and yeah. years and years yeah. without it escalating to acting out. I, th- I yeah. you and James and I think you and I had a conversation once and you're like, dude, I don't know how you ever took that next step because yeah. that has never ever crossed my mind yeah. to go to that next level. That was uh, never even attractive out. to me to um mm-hmm to act out with anybody before or after I was married. And I was using porn both, you know, throughout that time frame. Um, p- particularly after getting married, it became super unattractive to me. Mm-hmm. The thought of even stepping outside of the marriage. But I think it's interesting that you said even even before marriage, it was, no. it was never anything that you wanted. No, I didn't mm-hmm. want to act out that way, no. So I had a conversation with a guy once when I was early in recovery and he was like, Hey, can I ask you a question? So my story, a lot of prostitution, right? It's primarily my form of sexually acting out. And um, his was sleeping with coworkers. Um, So he came to me, he's like, dude, um, how, how can I just ask you like, how did you do that? And I'm like, what? And he's like, dude, isn't that so sketchy? Weren't you worried about like, getting a disease or the police or whatever. And in my mind, as he's talking to me, I'm like, you sleep with coworkers. What you do is so sketchy. Like even as a full-blown addict, I would never do that. Like lose your job. All those people know you and your family. Like, what are you dumb? And he's looking at me like, why would you do prostitution? What are you dumb? 
So there's two addicts looking at each other saying, I would See, never I, act I, out I that guy. the I way like, you're acting out. I never ever tempted to go to, or to right. uh, prostitutes or anything. I was, I was too scared. I'm right. like, and no then way. I, right. And then I look at you and I'm like, what are you crazy? Like, even as an addict. So people are different. How they do behavior is different, right? Like from a clinical perspective, um, like when talking to someone, why do you choose addiction? We get back to that question. And the sexual behavior they're choosing is going to be very telling of what they're looking for. Yeah. So one thing I do with clients is we break down what type of porn they're looking at, and it's super telling as to what they're looking for. Okay. Because it's like, well, what porn do you look at? Well, isn't porn porn? No, it is not. So why are you looking at that porn? So a quick light example was one guy said, I won't ever look at porn that has more than one man in it. Why? Because he's looking to porn for validation that he's enough. And if there's multiple men in it, then it'd be questioned as whether or not he's enough. Hmm. And that he was like, whoa, but never, ever, ever does he look at porn with multiple men. So there's a pattern. So there's a reason why Chris, you chose affairs and I chose prostitution. What we were looking for in addiction, that sexual behavior for whatever reason soothed that. So does it always escalate? No, and there's a reason why addicts are acting out the way that they're acting. No, it may not escalate to other other people, but it I can definitely escalate through the types of pornography that that they use. Yeah. And the but frequency it, and time. Right. But I'll argue that even like in I'm a living example that for me it didn't escalate in my usage in in the type of pornography that I was using. Um you know, I never, there were certain boundaries. I just was like, yep, never going there, never going there. And it was just, and so it stayed pretty flat. So, I mean, um, medically or technically, right. I don't fit that addiction mold because it's not a, a continuing escalation. You know, if you look at the clinical term of, ex, of addiction, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But still yeah. it was a compulsive behavior that went against my value system that I could not stop on my own. And, and the, and the, I think the real point of talking about all this in my mind is this, it will continue to lead to your destruction or you will find recovery. Yeah. So your life is going to continue to get more disrupted, have yeah. more destruction and go more downhill. Yeah. So whether you're looking was, at porn for a half hour once a month sure, or you're getting, or you're soliciting a prostitute every week, like at the end of the day, both are going to lead to you being an empty, hollow, shame-based, dead person. Well said. And so J Jason just texted this to us, and he's like, oh, it leads to death or recovery. That's where, if you enter this game, those are the two places you end up. Yeah. And that's right on. For some people, death comes quicker, right? They're there at, in their late 20s, early 30s, like, oh, I am at this crossroads, and this is super real. For some men, it's in their 60s. And yeah. so, again, it's relative, but... You will end up, so I, I just wouldn't get hung up on, is it porn only, this only? It's like, yeah. this pattern is destroying this person. I think what lies behind her question is fear for her son's future. Mm. Right. Is he going to have to get married is and ruin that to, marriage right. before he's going to find his answers? And again, no, you know, I mean, mm. he can, you know, as soon as he stops digging, he's, you know, he's done. And, you know, I know that I've been to many phase one groups here at Lifestar where there's a lot of young guys single, that, single never mm -hmm. been married and they're looking to turn their lives around yeah, right now. hundred percent. 
And, you know, I, I applaud those guys for, you know, having the courage to step up and, and do that now and before it be, becomes a worsening pattern in their life. And to Jason's point, you know, before they <laughs> experience more of that death, because, you know, it's such a great point because me f- being trapped in my extended porn cycle where I was only looking about every three months and it was for short duration, sometimes even just an hour or two, and then I'd be done for another three months. The death part came in that shame spiral and that self-loathing, and it just got worse and worse and, and depression. Worse. Absolutely. So, yeah, just it doesn't have to escalate as far as what you're what you're doing, but spiritually, it just doesn't heal. And and I, and yeah, that death can mean all sorts of different things. Yeah. The spiritual death or actual death, Emotion- yeah. emotionally dead. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I was definitely emotionally dead. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she. What advice would you give yeah, her? That's she, her next question. I, I think Christy. this is the heart. I think this is the meat of her question. She wants advice and she wants resources. Advice I would give. Just keep being an open-hearted, safe place for your son to land with questions or disclosures or um, resources. Be a, a source of. Um, resources when he's ready. You know, making I, it safe for him to be able to come to you and okay. But give her a specific example of that. If I'm her listening, it's like make it safe for him, and it's like, yeah, right. I know. I've already I listened think, to a couple episodes. Right. How do I do that? I think she's already doing that. <laughs> so, well, as a mother, say that. Yeah, I mean, as a mother, approach your 20 year old son and, and role play here. What would you say? What would it sound like for you to invite him? to know that you're a safe place to land in, in this particular area. Hey, I stumbled on this really great podcast that's got a lot of episodes from guys that are have found themselves addicted to pornography or unable to stop, even though they want to. I think, you know, you might want to give that a listen. Or even or be specific on one that you've heard before. Yeah. And be like, hey, you know what? I heard this one podcast, and it really spoke to my heart, and I would love for you it, if... Just uh, open your heart and listen to this. And see what you think. Along or, with what you just said. Right. Yeah. And if he's if he is the evasive type, which I think most mi- of us well, are. Mine, mine is. Yeah. If they're <laughs> if they're evasive, you know, maybe just invite him at a relaxed time of the night where he's not trying to like go somewhere with friends or something. Like, hey, let's sit down together and listen to this. I just want you to listen to this with me, this thing that I found. Yeah. You know, you know, and I, you know, from my perspective and just what I would have liked, I think would have been basically just something about along the lines of like, you know what, son, I love you no matter what. Um, There is nothing that you could say to me that would, or that you could talk to me about that would somehow make me love you any less. And I would name, and I would name the bad things. I would say the words that we're all afraid to say. And so, son, it, I don't care whether it's prostitution to pornography to... If you sleep with your girlfriend, right. if you pay I, for porn, if you whatever. I want you to know that all of that will not change my love for you. That you're safe to talk to me about these things. And I am more than happy to love you through that and help you in any way that I can. 
I think those are the, for me, mm -hmm. that's the kind of language I would have liked to have heard. Mm -hmm. And, and the other one I would add to that is, um, addicts are afraid that they have to be honest. And there's a reason why you haven't been honest. Like they're not just dishonest because they think it's fun to hide it from everyone. <laughs> right. It's because they're deathly afraid that no one will love them. Right. That's why I'm not honest. If they knew the real me, they would not love me. Right. That's why yeah. I'm not honest. I'm like, if I'm honest, me and Kayla are done. If I'm honest, all the guys are unashamed and be like, what's your problem, bro? If I'm honest, right. That's the fear. And so I think it's really invitational too, to say, you don't have to be honest with me. I'm willing to sit with you in this space, son, even if you don't share everything with mm -hmm. me. I'm not going to I'm not going to force you to share everything with me. I'm not going to try and like get a confession out of you. Yeah, I'm not going to try and find out everything that's going that's on. That's so good. Right? And frankly, yeah. don't cuz you won't. Like if they don't want to tell you, you won't find out anyway. So it's it's a futile exercise. Or if you do happen to go, you know, nosing through somebody's business and they're not ready to share, that's going to do nothing. Oh, you'll blow up the resentment. relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll blow up the relationship. Yeah. So just say, I'm willing to sit with you in this space and you don't have to be honest with me. I'm talking mother to son, you know, other relationships, I guess. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're talking parent to child, right? Yeah. And, and, Kind of well, I mean, and and even even with spouses, it's just a boundary, right? Right. Hey, if you don't want to be honest with me, that's fine. I also don't want to live in the same house as you. Exactly. I don't want to stay married to you. I don't want. To. So as a spouse, you still have those boundaries, but even as a spouse, you can't make them do anything. And Chris, we share that over and over again. But how Autumn came to you was like, "Is there more? You don't have to tell me. I just want to know if there's right. more." And that was her right. creating that space. She <laughs> created the safety for me to be able to say, "Okay, you know what." I can talk to you. Right. But this is an adult son we're talking about, right. not, not a young boy. Yeah. But I but think either it, way, I think it works out. I agree. I agree either way, Same but there's a little more yeah. like with an adult. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. A little more, say it specifically. A little, a little more responsibility for her to respect his boundaries. Yeah. And, and his, and his own privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 I agree with that. Resources for him. Unashamed and afraid. Yes, great, sir. Great yes, sir. podcast. Killer. Um, Have I've you heard, heard these guys? I've heard it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Host is kind of annoying, the, but there's some the good content. The wisdom that they put down, especially their guests. I, yes. mean. I was just about to say the guests that they have on yeah. there are great. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but legitimately, I think we're Legit good for Okay, now that we're done patting, I, each, I, patting I, I our do, own backs. I do believe in um, yeah. what we do. We are not the only podcast in the world as well, right? There, I like the Next Step guys have a good one. Um, Jeff Stewart has one called Illuminate, which is a really good podcast um, that kind of dives into some of the stuff from the therapist perspective. So that can be some kind of soft stuff. Um, I had, a who's a young man, a, a client, um, this last week who we were talking about like his deeper emotional issues and he paused and he, he's been like three or four times and he was like, I didn't know starting in this, how little it had to do with my sexual behavior. Yeah. Like, cause he finally had gotten like, it's about what he's looking for mm -hmm. to go back to our first question. Right. And he's, that's, he's figuring that out now and which is awesome. He's the coolest guy, but so it doesn't have to be a resource that is like how to stop 
the five steps how to stop looking at porn. And mm-hmm. in fact, to be honest, a lot of those aren't that helpful. Um, so well, what was the books ho- around healing? What was the Holocaust book that you read that was so healing for you? Oh, it was uh, Victor Frankl. Um, Man's Search, Man for, Search for Meaning. Meaning. Man's yeah. Search. That's a great one, right? Yeah. Um, there, so anything that has testimony of truth, find, this is why we love Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart, not even about addiction. It's like the freaking best book. So we obviously recommend that one for yeah. sure. And I tell you, go to our resources page. Our resources page, that's us saying top resources for addicts are these. So for anonymous question asker and anyone else. um, And if anyone has a resource that they think we're not looking at, Mm -hmm. dude, send us an email. Please do. That's how we find a lot of this stuff. I have to be honest is people like, have you read this book? I was like, what book? They're like, bro, this book changed my recovery. I'm like, really? And then we look at it and it's like, oh, right. So right now, like one that I've stumbled on in several circles this last three or four months is unwanted. Mm-hmm. Right, James, you brought that. You were one of the first people to bring that up to me. Reading that one by uh, Jay Stringer, mm-hmm. right? So that's a really good one. So there's a lot of stuff out there, but I guess let's give her this answer. Like, is there a certain order in which you should do resources, or just throw it all at the wall and whatever sticks? Uh, I think. I think let him be the yeah. Let the let the son you know kind of guide that i mean for me i dove into kind of Brene brown and a whole bunch of shame stuff early on because it super stood out to me and resonated with me just how deeply wounded i was there and so i dove into that for a lot early on you know i know for other guys it was different things some of them it was like man i started doing the 12 steps and I, that just hit me and that was what i needed 12 and, steps is another resource right and so it's different for for every person and what they need, I think. Yeah. And so to your point, Steve, it's like let's, you know, just point them to the resources, and let them just dip their toe into each one and really start to dive in as they feel like they need it. I'd recommend therapy as well. Um, going and Very seeing a therapist therapy. would be phenomenal because that can help them process what they're reading, seeing, feeling, and help point them in. Yeah, therapy is a good way to orient, particular mm-hmm. individual therapy is a good way to orient for what you specifically need. Because, um, yeah, I mean, with clients that I have, it's like, it's across the board different. Because I have a guy come in who has no relationship with God and isn't that interested in one. And it's like, okay, so well, I guess we won't start there, right? Let's <laughs> start somewhere. And then other guys that are like, I know this is all about God. Where do I find him in this? And I'm like, oh, exact opposite. I guess we're going to start with some God stuff. Yeah. So go, you know, so it's, it can get differently, but yeah. And, and then the other part is it, like the world is always changing too. Like there's always new resources coming out, new mm-hmm. movies. So I'll give you two that are ends of the spectrum. So the first is, um, and we've had Dr. Skinner on here for a Q and a, he just came out with his book, uh, treating sexual addiction, a compassionate approach to recovery. Dr. Skinner's, uh, like runs Addo. Hopefully, and, no, Addo gets mad. And that would be a great Clinical resource. director at Addo, I think, is yeah. his technical title. That would be a great resource for the mother in this for situation. For the mother right? and yes. the son. It's yeah. a good, it's a good. So, Jason actually here did the audio for the book. So, he knows it probably more than he wants to know it. <laughs> and um, be able to but, help her understand him better as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good kind of one-on-one. And then other end of the spectrum, too, is there's the independent Christian series, The Chosen, that just came out. There's another Christian movie called The Heart of Man. We've recommended gonna, that one a lot. The Heart of Man is an amazing movie. Amazing movie. And The Chosen is totally just about Christ's life. It's a little bit different than how we do in LDS culture. And that can be really empowering. Yeah. 
And so, to, to see Jesus a little bit in a different way, not doctrinally different, just culturally a little different, that could be really empowering. That could be huge for addiction recovery. Mm-hmm. And it's not how to do addiction 101. So, there's some stuff. Um, hopefully, and that is helpful. I wouldn't recommend like giving him a list of, here's all these resources, because he's going to look at it and be like, whoa, that's way too much for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That looks like homework. Yeah. And, and maybe even just ask him, hey, are, would you like me to help you find some resources? Yeah. And, you know, go to go to him and see if he's open to even getting more resources because he may be in a position where he's like, you know what? No, I, I'm I'm okay right now. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I don't know. You just... And, yeah. and whatever Ask resource him. you look into... So I'll use this example. The number one resource that church leaders will send people to is 12-step. We used to go to the church's 12-step program. My So my knee-jerk reaction to all church leaders is, have you been to one? That's a very different invitation. Hey, James, you should go to a 12-step meeting. It's for people like you. Oh, have, I, okay. have I been to one? Oh, no, I've never been to one, but I think you should go. So how different is that invitation when I'm like, hey, Steve... How would you like it if I came, if I went with you to your first meeting yeah. or so and, subsequent and, meetings? And I've been to one of these. I've been to right. one of these before and I kind of know about it and I think it could be a good fit for you. So that's different as a parent saying, hey, son, here's a book. It says on the cover that it's to help people with sexual addiction. think that might be what you have. I think this is for you. Mm-hmm. That's very different than, hey, I just read this book by Dr. Skinner, and um, it really made me think about some things. And I love you. And I was just thinking, I'm like, man, is, is this stuff true for my son? I just wanted to connect with you on that. So I've kind of been reading this book. You know, and would then, you be willing I, to read it I with really me? Liked, Creating safety. Right? And I really liked Creating this safety. this couple of pages or, or this chapter or, or this quote or two out of here. What do you think of these two quotes? And then, right, it's like, here's a little taste and see if that's something that he wants so to i'm thinking for. i'm a 22 year old kid i know i'm struggling with stuff i'm having a hard time i walk up to my bed one night when i'm going to bed and there's a note from my mom saying i love you i care about you so much i've been reading this it's been meaningful to me here's a quote in here i just wanted to share with you and there's the book with that page marked and highlighted likelihood of that getting read pretty high and in fact, there's a really good example of this in Dave's story, who he recorded. His mom did this. Mm. His mom would leave notes on his bed. I love you. Come back. Find God. Right. And Dave had multiple addictions, right? Had had drug addiction and sexual addiction. So the softer, the kinder, the more open that invitation. And that's why the if you're familiar with these resources, that's gonna make you so much more empowered to share them than just grabbing something off the shelf because we said it was a good idea and another, trying to hand it to him. Another little tiny piece of advice that came to my mind just while we were sitting here is to, and I don't know how you'd um, practically go about doing this, but maybe see if you can try to help him feel less alone in this struggle. And I don't know, I don't know how you as his mother would, would accomplish that, but um, Support, Ideas, guys. Su- support him having good friends. Be yeah. supportive of that. Um, Understand the statistics, even. Right. Even you know. hitting him with some stats about, like, look, 90% of you guys are, I promise you, if you are sitting in a room, you are not the only one. Like, 
Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe even encourage him to like find a really trusted friend that that he feels like wouldn't totally wouldn't freak out or whatever, you know. Well, because it, he's probably still dealing with this the same thing. Right. Yeah. And just don't get in the way. Let's be honest. Maybe that's a rude way. That's kind yeah. of a rude way to say that. I don't know how else to say it though. But if he's, you know, for example, if you want him to connect with friends, when you go boating as a family, don't be like, no friends. No, you want your son to have friends. So maybe say to your son, hey, do you want to bring one of your friends boating with us? Right. Or if curfew's midnight and you're like, I really like those two guys hanging out with. I really hope he becomes friends with these guys. You know, maybe if he comes at 12 home at 1230, don't rail on him. Like, so sometimes I think with parents, we kind of look at that small thing and we're, it's like you kind of are missing the big picture. You're Mm -hmm. missing the boat. So I'd say as a parent, do things to encourage him where you know he's going to connect with relationships. So whatever you can do to encourage that and not stifle that. You know, with your family system, family culture, family shame, right? If he's really into golfing and you guys all think golf is stupid, it's all about tennis. If he's going to find friends golfing, maybe get over it and right. be a golfer. Yeah. Because if he's going to find real friends there, do it. So, holy cow, talk about, like, excellent questions. Yeah. All of them. So, when we read this, when it came around, we were like, we can actually just do a whole episode probably on just this one because she's asked so many good questions. That's like... That's a whole episode in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, wow. Just, yeah. I just want to say what I said at the beginning. Rockstar job, mom. Yeah, this and kid is so lucky to have you. So lucky to have you. And I want to acknowledge for you that it must be really hard to have a son who's struggling like this. Yeah. And that has to be really hard on you. And so I hope that you're finding the healing that you need for you. Because you deserve to have healing. Your son is your son. Mm. And he's also God's son. And God's got him. God's not going to drop him. God's not going to abandon him. God's not going to forget about him. And he hasn't forgotten about you and your labors as a mom. So I just want to tell you, I know he loves you. And there's healing for you too in this. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well said. Awesome courage to our anonymous questions to both of our question askers. Um, if you have any anonymous questions, we hope you'll ask them. So you can go to the website, unashamedunafraid.com, and submit them there. If you like what we're doing, you want to help with our efforts and help fund people to get resources and help, you can donate and become an outsider. As an outsider, you get lots of bonus content and cool things like that. So you can also go unashamedunafraid.com slash donate. Connect with us on social media at unashamedunafraid, Facebook, Instagram. I'm looking at everyone saying, did I leave anything out? Give us five stars on iTunes. If you've got a story to share, please reach out. Reach out if you've got a story. Especially if you're single right now. We're we're looking for some. Ready to mingle. Single or female. Single, female. female. Yep. That'd be great. We'd love to hear from you. Divorce. Divorce. Love it. I mean, not that comes out (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Whether divorced or not, we love you. Everyone can have a full, beautiful life. And until next time that Christy comes on the podcast with us. (laughs) I love it. We I will love, miss you. I love being here and, and feeling like I'm helping in some small way. Totally Thanks for being helping. Here. Thanks for being here. And until next time, outsiders, we love you. Everyone listening, thank you for joining us and remain unashamed and unafraid. <laughs>